from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by Juan Guerrero from Holmes High School here in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, you may wonder why we have a high school teacher on a cybersecurity radio program. If you've been following along, uh, we had a middle school teacher on. Uh, We've had some other educators as well because uh, San Antonio is Cyber City USA. And we're um, doing all sorts of innovative programs in our middle schools, our high schools, and in um, lots of other facilities around here, such as Open Cloud Academy, to help create the cyber workforce of the future. So um, super thrilled to have Juan uh, joining us this week, and we're going to talk through IT and cybersecurity programs for high school students. Uh, this is a great one for uh, kids to listen, figure out, man, I wish my high school had that, or maybe you'll go to Holmes High School, um, or for parents, um, your kids can learn this stuff. So uh, tune in here. Uh, listen, learn with us for the next hour, and uh, you'll see where kids can go in their careers. Thanks again, Juan, for joining. And uh, can you go ahead and give a little of your background? So I've been in IT in general for about 14 years now, I think, myself. I started in high school, like this, the same students I teach are currently, building websites, repairing computers. I moved to, when I went to university here in San Antonio, I worked for their IT department, helped them manage some of uh, their imaging server and a few other items there. So it was mostly computer technician. When I graduated, I actually moved over to Harlandale ISD. So I've kind of been integrated into education my entire career for the most part. And so I was working as a on their network over there, managing a couple of their servers as well and helping them just with day-to-day network operations. And then you decided to go get a teaching credential. Actually, so I got my teaching credential in college as a retirement plan. So this wasn't the intended goal to go straight into teaching because at the time there weren't programs like ACT where you could get certified while um, while teaching. You had to do a two-year program in order to get certified, or at least to my knowledge, that was what it was. So you're you're now teaching at Holmes High School here in San Antonio. Yeah, so it's Holmes and Business Careers High School. Um, Business Careers is a magnet school for Northside that's attached to Holmes. So we get students from all over the school district and from Holmes. So uh, when did this uh, Business Careers High School get set up, this magnet in the Northside ISD? So Business Careers High School has been there since the early 90s. Actually, the program started well before my time. I'm, I'm kind of there now. I got hired a little later, but it started early 2000s, about 14, 15 years ago. And it was a Holmes program. As it, the program grew, the Business Careers High School, again, it's a business school, so they saw the need for it and how IT is integrated deeply into every business today. And so they adopted its curriculum and expanded the curriculum, and now we offer everything from graphic arts to programming, audio video technology, and our security track as well. And you teach uh, which one of those, or all of them? I teach the security and a little bit of the programming. So I have a specialty in web development and then system administration mostly. Okay. And going through, so for um, uh, parents out there, I think are aware and the, the kids are definitely aware, they all have to take a foreign language in high school for to go through and get some of the 
uh, different um, graduation levels and tracks as set by the state. Um, we've uh, heard about some programs where uh, now computer programming and learning a computer language can count towards that foreign language credit. Does this happen at the business careers high school? Are you guys applying for that now? I wish it was current. Unfortunately, no, it's not current. I'm Again, we're, we're trying to push through and make that a, a reality for the students because it really is a complete different language, just as Spanish, French, German, anything else. Yeah. And for, for those parents out there listening or kids thinking, man, computer programming is complicated. I can't learn that. If you happen to be in AP Spanish right now and uh, maybe you're a junior or senior in high school and you're thinking, well, what am I going to do after high school? Could I go learn computer programming? Computer programming is talking to the computer um, in a language the computer understands. The computer just happens to speak Java or Python or a whole bunch of other different languages, just like you might speak English and Spanish or Chinese or French. Uh, so if you can learn to speak two languages to communicate to people, you can learn to speak a language to communicate to computers. So I'd say don't be intimidated by any of this stuff. It's a uh, hard work, just like learning any other language to be fluent in it. Uh, but you can, if you can learn a second spoken language, you can learn a computer programming language. I agree. It's, um, I kind of think we have this idea. I see students come in all the time and they're ready to learn technology and they think it's going to be easy because they've been on their iPads or their iPhones their entire life, right? I mean, my son is going to be four this year and he already knows how to work both my wife and my phone as well. So it's a little more complicated than that. But again, that's what we're here for. That's why we're teaching it at the high school level to make sure that we make it as easy and seamless for everyone. Yeah. So for the, the business careers high school and on this uh, programming and security track, is this something that folks uh, apply for in eighth grade and they come into the high school as a freshman? Do you do interdistrict transfers? How does that process work to get into the school to begin with? So we used to do interdistrict transfers uh, about, I want to say, four years ago. We had to actually cancel that program because we had such a high amount of applications from within the district alone. So again, it's a Northside school, so we wanted to give a little bit of priority to our Northside students. Um, every January, all the magnet schools, so business careers, health careers, um, construction careers, all the other magnet schools, they actually go out to every middle school and we speak to all the eighth graders and just tell them about our program and the great things we've done, our accomplishments, and basically just try to hook them into applying at our school and coming and learning about technology with us. So you, you get folks in as a freshman and they stay for the, the four years mm -hmm. in, in almost all the cases? Yes. Yeah. And uh, well, one of the things I really like about the program is Again, everyone has uh, some type of mobile device now currently, right? So everyone thinks they want to go into technology, but sometimes as you start learning about the different things, and we find it all the time, you find out maybe technology isn't for me. So that we do have our finance academy and our business management academy. So if students come and they do a complete 360 or, or sorry, a complete 180, they don't have to just completely leave their friends, leave everybody behind. They have a couple more options that they can pursue. So just uh, almost like when you go into university and you've, you've elected a major and the school accepts you and then two years into college you go, wow, I really actually don't want to major in that anymore. You can do the same thing at your high school. Yes. Yeah. So um, and going through this, so you said you've got the finance, um, computer programming, and the computer security one, which is what you spend most of your time teaching? Yes. Yeah, so we start out with basic computer hardware and computer security. Um, how to remove viruses, protect it, protect it from viruses. Then we move on to what we call our Cisco 1 and our Cisco 2 classes, which is all about culminating and ending with the CCNA certification. And then we also have our computer technician 
um, which is a senior level class where they'll learn and learn about security in Linux as well, right? So the big thing with most of our, well, actually all of our courses for the most part is our IT courses are all focused towards a certification because what ends up happening, what we found is our students are 18. They have CCNA, they have Security Plus, they have Linux Plus, and a case of a current student, a couple of current students, they're working on their CEH, Certified Ethical Hackers. They're working currently for companies, right? They're 18. A lot of companies really can't believe the amount of knowledge these students have. So these certifications are really integral to, to their application and their resume to kind of validate their credentials, essentially. Yeah. So uh, coming in at a, at a, as a freshman in high school, I'd be taking uh, maybe a science class. If I was at a normal high school, I'd take a science class in a foreign language, and I would take math and English and uh, these things. Where and how do you fit these computer programming and technology classes into the curriculum? So essentially, if you choose any magnet school, you're giving up all your electives. So if you want to do auto body, cosmetology, anything else, it's kind of out the window at that point because all your electives are towards, like you said, getting that major or that degree. Uh, in high school, we're calling them endorsements now, uh, where, again, all eighth graders now have to choose an endorsement or essentially a, um, a major to, to pursue in high school. So they wouldn't do this and there being an ROTC or a band or a so theater we, arts? Well, no, they still are able to access most of those. It just um, it minimizes it, for example. So, again, ROTC, uh, like you said, band, those all uh, fill the PE credit that most students have to get. Okay. And we still need fine arts credits. It's just the other general electives that most people would pursue. Um, Again, Texas still requires the, those art credits, the speech credit, health credit, all of those. Yeah. Do they satisfy the arts credit doing a graphic design or graphic arts class in, in your case? At the current moment, no, because all of our graphic arts classes don't have the word art thrown in their course title. So <laughs> unfortunately, because of that, we're not able to to fill those requirements that way. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. this is a, lots of complexity in rolling something out and uh, getting through uh, all of the things that you need in order to create well-wounded students. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, coming in my freshman year then, I would take the Cisco 1 class. Would I start right away towards my CCNA? No, actually you have to wait. So we, it's technically three academies, that business academy, the finance academy, and then our IT academy. And then our IT academy has those three strands, of, or four strands now, I'm sorry, of programming, graphic arts, security, and audio-video production, right? All students, regardless of what academy they want to go into, they have to take uh, a Principles of Information Technology class where they get a feel for the different strains we have. And then they also have to take a Principles of Business, Marketing, and Finance class. And that way they understand, do they want to go down any of our options for the students to pursue? So you know, getting your technology fundamentals knocked out mm -hmm. um, first, and then from there they branch off into a specialty in your junior and senior year? Their sophomore, sophomore year, year, actually. So at the end of their freshman year, they have to pick an academy, and if they choose IT, then they then have to pick a track, essentially, that they want to pursue. Yeah. And you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is CyberTalk Radio, and I'm your host, Brett Pyatt. I'm joined this week by Juan Guerrero, who uh, teaches security and technology at Holmes High School and at the Business Careers High School attached to that Holmes campus there uh, in Northside in San Antonio. 
Uh, he's helping us build the cybersecurity workforce of the future, and uh, this is uh, one of the programs that have really uh, pioneered uh, certifications and technical training in the high school level in an in-district way. Um, it's uh, one of the now um, modeled programs that I've, we've seen other districts here in the San Antonio area uh, looking to learn from, copy, and, and to be able to help their students in a, a similar manner. If you missed the beginning of the program, uh, you can listen to this on our rebroadcast and replay, which will be online on our website uh, Tuesday here during spring break week. Uh, so if you uh, happen to pop in as a student, maybe you uh, turned on the radio or iHeart radio a little bit late into the segment, you can go to www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, we will be up there or on our YouTube channel, as well as on iTunes and Pocket Cast Podcasting. Uh, Tuesday of next week. Um, if you're excited by what you've heard here, you can also listen to uh, all of our uh, past episodes uh, covering topics such as uh, artificial intelligence and cybersecurity all the way through to uh, talking with another uh, teacher here who teaches uh, some of this technology stuff down at the middle school level, Mike Maldonado and uh, some of the Cyber Patriot uh, things that they've done there at the middle school level. Now, I've heard uh, your business career school, you guys do Cyber Patriot there at the high school level as well. Yes, we've been doing it for as long as it's been open to the open division. So they break it down into two. It's It was started by the Air Force. So originally it was ROTC teams who could only participate in the first two versions of the competition. And around version three, they opened it up to ROTC and what they called open division, so civilians. And so we've been participating in it since Cyber Patriot 3. And you guys are pretty good at it, I hear. Yes, we are actually returning to nationals this year for the second year in a row. So... And, and to give some folks some ideas, so Cyber Patriot is a, a cyber defense challenge. So it's a team sport. Um, and on the episode with Mike, we go into a ton of details there. So I recommend you go back and listen to that one. We won't dive into the detail here, but it's a, it's a team sport um, that the kids can go and play. And their, their job in this team sport is to um, defend a bunch of computer systems from all sorts of vulnerabilities and hacking attacks. So they get scored on how well they uh, operate, set up, and defend from all the attacks that are coming in. And um, it's held nationwide. Um, and the teams here in San Antonio uh, do an amazing job. So this is uh, when he says going to nationals, he's like, if, if you think football team going to the state championship or the state championship winning football team then gets to go to nationals, uh, this is, they're doing the same thing there at the business careers in this open division of the Cyber Patriot program. So actually, our ROTC team will be the one going to nationals. I coach both ROTC and open division teams at the school currently. And it's it's really a great opportunity. It's really hard to get in. Um, Again, it's a national competition, but we're competing. When we compete, it's not scrimmages against two two teams at once. We're competing live against everyone. Um, Again, this year, 28 teams go to nationals, and we're out of, I believe, a little over 2,800 teams in total competing at once. So so uh, so your ROTC team is the one that's going to nationals this year? Yes. And when when will that competition be? The first week of April. So I'm okay. looking forward to that free trip. So is, uh, is, and you guys, where do they do the, the nationals at? So it's currently in Baltimore, Maryland. They started it there last year. And then before that, they used to do it in D.C. And are you, you all going to be practicing here over spring break? Um, 24-7, essentially, hopefully, is what my students will be doing. So. Yeah. So spring break in front of a computer doing cyber stuff. And uh, parents out there, your kids hanging out in front of their computer can be learning valuable job skills, not just goofing off watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, 
again, I don't know how much we've previously talked about Cyber Patriot on the show, but it's very applicable job skills. It's everything I used to do in my old job and then some in some areas as well. Yeah, we talked about a, a good amount at the middle school level mm-hmm. um, and really went into just into depth of to how the teams get set up and formed. Uh, what sort of uh, good to talk a little bit more uh, about this for sure of, uh, to give folks a flavor. But what's the big difference as you go from uh, middle school up to high school? Um, what do they expect out of the high school cyber patriots that they don't out of the middle schoolers? The problems they throw at the high schoolers are going to be a little more involved than the middle schoolers. The high schoolers uh, will be working with server versions, with uh, Linux versions, and not just the operating systems themselves, but again, the the other things we throw on top of it. So PHP, WordPress, all these other items that you can throw on top of these these operating systems. So your your Cyber Patriot team has to make WordPress hack-proof? I mean... Mo- they have to secure it as much as they can, essentially. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of issues with WordPress even this past week, right? They had the uh, that malware attacking most of those WordPress websites, kind of deleting web pages and everything. So, Yeah, for, for those listening out there that are not familiar, WordPress is the number one content management system on the Internet. It powers um, probably a third, maybe even half of the websites out there. And it's had a, a long history of uh, security issues in it. So, I mean, it's a great one to try to to learn to secure because it's very applicable from a job skill perspective it's also very difficult because one of the reasons wordpress is so widely adopted is it's easy to set up and easy to use and ease of use and safety and security usually do not go hand in hand exactly so um you guys are out in the national finals this year have you ever been to the national finals before so last year in 2016 we made it to the national finals uh before and then actually our open division team uh, before that, we've always been really close. They only, if for open division, they only take the top 12 teams in years previous. We were always, one year we missed national finals by one point. Um, so that was, that stung and still stings to this day. Um, but we've always been within the, about the 13, 14, 15th place in the nation. For the uh, national finals, uh, are they, do they get you all live into a gym together to compete uh, against folks like we see on some of these e-gaming competitions? Or how does that work when you're out there and traveling? So we will be at a hotel in Baltimore and in one of their ballrooms, essentially. The, uh, they turn into a conference and they have all the teams divided into essentially large cubicles. And they all have to compete at once against each other. And it's... It's not really a huge live competition. Each team's participating individually. And it's essentially what, how often I can keep my server running. Um, they will do what's known as red team, where they're going to try and hack into the system. And how well can I keep the hackers out of my system and keep necessary services running? Yeah. So, and they post a live leaderboard, though, I understand. As the competition goes on, you can see your points relative to where everybody else is at. Yeah, so they will show your all the team numbers, the states, and then their points currently as they're competing. So it's a live online competition. Yeah. So if if I wanted to follow along online, is there a, a website to go to? So uscyberpatriot.org, whenever there's a competition weekend, because we have so many teams competing at once, it's not just everybody log in today at, at 3 o'clock, right? So it's a Friday to Sunday window to compete. And... When those windows are open, you can go to that website and actually access the scoreboard. 
Yeah, for the for the national finals, do you y'all compete during the same kind of six hour window, or is it still over the course of that whole weekend? You would do your six hours at some point in time. So it's actually different for the national finals. So there's it's broken down into three hour blocks now, and we have to do about four different challenges. One of them is a red team blue team uh, challenge. Another one is a Facebook um, forensics challenge, a Lidos challenge, which is another forensic challenge. And then we actually have a Cisco challenge as well that we participate in. Cool. So we're um, here talking about the Cyber Patriot National Finals, uh, those four different challenges. Uh, we may go ahead and dig into uh, after the bottom of the hour break and uh, learn a little bit more about what does it take to be a National Finals defender and what sort of skills are these kids learning at the high school level that uh, could go out there into a security analyst role uh, for a firm uh, right away or into a security or system admin uh, operations role. Uh, I'm joined this week, uh, for those uh, hopping on the radio with us now, by Juan Guerrero, um, the coach for the Cyber Patriot teams at Business Career School on the Holmes campus at Northside ISD here in San Antonio. And he also teaches the networking and uh, security tracks there uh, through that program where the kids can graduate from high school with uh, Cisco and CompTIA certifications uh, straight at the age of 18. So uh, as uh, looking through our, our show prep and our notes and things here as well, so it says you, you guys have some corporate sponsors and partnerships with your business career school there on the campus. Yes. So again, it was a business school before it adopted the IT program. So they had a lot of corporate sponsors like security service, but IT based, we have Accenture who actually offers our seniors a paid internship during the school year. So every year about four or five seniors get uh, an opportunity to work for Accenture. They get paid about $15 an hour. They go to school all the way up until about fifth period. So that's 1230, give or take. And then from there, they walk over to Accenture or drive over rather not walk. But they go to work essentially and they get paid to get job experience yeah do they get credits for that as well or do they have to kind of be ahead on their credits to to be able to go take the afternoon off they have to be ahead on their credits to an extent but we have great options at business careers they have what's known as ple which is an online learning platform to accelerate some of your credits yeah that's uh really cool yeah i I, um, didn't have any classes after lunch my senior year of high school uh, but i was not working in a cool tech job for accenture i was uh working at carl's jr um, selling hamburgers, and then I uh, did a little bit of a stint as an office uh, help, doing a little bit of help desk support and a little bit of computer stuff, but nothing like uh, with the skills that uh, you have the kids prepared for. They're off working with a major um, IT firm such as Accenture. Yeah, it's, it's really great. We have kids working on their programming. We have kids working with their network and others that are, again, everyday help desk technicians too. So Yeah, so these uh, corporate folks how do they stay uh, integrated in and helping uh, guide the curriculum? Because as you, we've been talking here for the, the last half an hour, um, it's really clear to me that this is not curriculum that was designed in 1988 and that you've been teaching from there and you're teaching people COBOL programming right now. This sounds like you're teaching people applicable skills uh, that are ready for the, the world today. So we have these corporate sponsors and we just keep that communication with them open. What, what are your needs as a company? I mean, we have students working at, we even as our former students, we have students at USAA, Rackspace, HEB, Valero, uh, Southwest Research. We have them all over the place. So we just always ask, what are the current skills needed? And that's how we start integrating Python into our curriculum. That's how we, for example, the A-plus certification used to be a high-level certification to have for any IT industry and over time with with the progression of IT right it 
it kind of yeah. lost some value and the other certifications gained more value. And so with that and speaking with our corporate sponsors, we decided to actually get rid of that certification and pursue a different route with our security track. So, yeah. So you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20 year internet security veteran. Uh, we will dive into uh, the four different competitions uh, that they're going to have for the Cyber Patriot National Finals here after the break. Welcome back to Cyber Talk Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, 20-year internet security veteran. Uh, if you uh, just joined us after the uh, news traffic and weather update, we're joined this week by Juan Guerrero of the Business Careers High School on the Holmes campus in Northside. And uh, we're going to talk in this segment about the Cyber Patriot National Finals Competition uh, that the uh, team he has is uh, practicing for right now. And they'll be heading to Baltimore, Maryland here in a few weeks uh, in April uh, to compete against how many teams is that one? So our ROTC division will be competing against 12 other teams. So 12 other teams in the finals, cybersecurity deathmatch. Yes. Yes. So and as we uh, talked a little bit about this uh, before the break there, uh, there's four different three-hour challenges at these national finals. Yes, so there is a red team, blue team um, challenge where the students will have to secure their a network against hackers. So for our, our audience, go back and, and let's just break down some of the basic concepts here. Uh, red team, what do you mean red team? So red team is um, the aggressive team, hence the color red, right? So they're, they're trying to attack your system and you as a blue team are trying to secure it, protect it, um, and keep them out essentially, which is... Every, the everyday job of any cybersecurity professional, right? So in, in my experience in the security world, the, the red team guys only have to find one chink in the armor. The blue team guys have to block everything. So yes. how does the scoring work in this red team, blue team? Okay, so they give them usually about two to three minutes, so not a lot of time to secure the system before they actively try to attack Am I allowed them. to unplug it? No, oh, you that is actually in the rule books. You're not, I know that's that's <laughs> yeah. well, that's what I you always give tell me them. three minutes. I'm gonna run around and unplug all the cables. Well, that's what I tell my students too. In the real world, if you're getting attacked, right, you just you unplug that system until you can secure it. Um, but no, in the rule books, you're not allowed to do that. And what they're doing is there are certain programs in the computer and the servers and, and all of them that are running that have to stay running all the time, so they're. The red team's job is to hack into the system and turn those programs off, right? Those services. Okay, so if, if I turn the service off, you start losing I, points. I, I lose the points just the same as I got hacked. Yes. Yeah. So and then, then 
however long you have that service running. So if you have that service running for 100% of the competition, you get 100 points out of the competition, right? And then it goes down from there for how long it's been disabled. So it, and the, the red team will use denial of service attacks or all sorts of, are they open to everything? They're open to everything. They can be as aggressive as they like. Um, so if they see a team isn't doing as well, they might be a little nicer because they've already hacked them completely and they're not going to just completely obliterate their system, right? Yeah. It's, it's not a complete real world where it's, if I have the chance, I'm going to wipe out everything. Yeah, right? so they don't get into the Linux server and do an RM-RF. No, 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 they will not remove everything. Um, they won't go San Francisco on us and ride out all our servers from the San, uh, San Francisco metro, you know? Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> yeah, for those that didn't hear about that, there was a... a, a hack of the san francisco uh, public transit system uh where 2000 servers all got compromised and um, all locked down with ransomware all at once and uh they uh the good news for the barrier riders um they just got the stuff back up and running and made it all free for a while because they couldn't really process all the transactions bad news for the the um transit authority there though because they didn't get to collect any money to uh, run their trains for uh i think that lasted a couple of weeks mm -hmm. their backups were even corrupted with the ransomware so it was it was intense yeah no that's it and that, that's one that happens uh, quite a bit and we had a, a another guest on the program uh chris garretts who we talked about advanced persistent threat and um the average organization is hacked for over 180 days before they're aware of it. So if you've got backups that you're running and you've got 30 days or 60 days or 90 days of backups, the, a lot of the attackers now are going in there, installing their back doors, and then they'll just wait and come back in six months or a year knowing that you're probably not going to find them. And at that point, they're going to be in all of your backup copies. Yep. You Again, you never know what's happening. And that's where Cyber Patriot is kind of trying to bridge that gap a little bit because we just what ends up happening is we receive these computers already pre-hacked and yeah. so we have to do our best to find every single nook and cranny in there and remove it close it um just shut them out as much as possible yeah so if we we get through the the red team blue team so i've, I've gotten there onto one of these uh, so you said that another is a, now a forensic investigation is one of the four challenges so it's cyber forensics essentially right so okay. it's called the facebook challenge it's given by facebook but what interestingly enough it has nothing to do with facebook pages right um essentially they give us wireshark and we have to which allows us to intercept the data packets going over the internet and we have to intercept those packets read them and see what's going on in each packet. So they'll have different questions based off of the type of traffic inside of those, those data packets. So you, for this, uh, Facebook cyber forensics challenge. So you're seeing a sample of network traffic and you're going into decode that network traffic. Essentially we have to find who did it, what IP address, the data, what type of protocol or encryption they're using, just different things. So breaking down the, the IP header, um, mm -hmm. uh, and looking at then that payload to figure out, what type of packet is it? Did they tamper with it? Did mm -hmm. they hide some data in one of the fields in an IP header? All sorts of uh, fancy things there oh, yes. that attackers may do. Yes, they, they throw out all the curveballs at the national competition. So. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a, one of the the things for uh, folks. You, you may think you have a, a firewall at your office, and we only allow uh, web traffic in and out of our office. But inside of a, a web traffic, a port 80 um, TCP, you can embed and basically put anything in a payload so you could um, do all of the file transfer protocol you could fake all of that stuff and wrap it into a tcp port 80 and hide um, things that are not just legitimate web traffic in there or even if you 
lock the system down and you say, we only allow ping packets. Well, inside of that IP header, you could put data into the, the header there. Even if you don't allow any, in any payload data in and out of a network, the attacker can still hide things in just that echo packet and they can send little bits of data out at a time. So yeah, there's all sorts of uh, tips and tricks and uh, different things you can do um, from an attacker perspective and being able to dig into that forensics is uh, fun stuff. Oh yes. Yes. So the uh, next one, you had said something about a Lidos challenge uh, as well. Lidos. Lidos. So it's uh, the company Lidos. Again, they sponsor this one, and it's more of a cryptology challenge, right? So we have to find different steganography ciphers, different types of items. So uh, mm. steganography for for those listening, is that a dinosaur? <laughs> yes, it is the stegosaurus with all the spines down the back. No, <laughs> no. Um, steganography is just another way of encrypting data right so it kind of it kind of falls into two different areas i'm really trying to find a way to uh break this down i usually do it through a video with my students so yeah and um, let's see over the radio here to explain steganography so uh, you might look on on a cell phone and let's say that uh i'm sending you a, a picture i just took a picture of my shoe and it looks like a picture of my shoe uh, you can hide data in that picture um, without making the picture look any different. So visually, it's still just going to look like the picture of my shoe, and I could have one that was not tampered with um, that is just the picture. And the second one, there could be a bunch of embedded and hidden data inside of it. So one of those images, the legitimate one, maybe it's 100 kilobytes, and the other one is 300 kilobytes, and I've hidden 200K of data inside of that. And then the more advanced steganography, uh, it might still be 100 kilobytes, but I've used some compression on the hacked version of the image and I've hidden 20 or 30k of data in there and the and the visually to your eye the the 100k images both look visually the same but one of them has 30k worth of data hidden inside of it and then you can do all sorts of things to encrypt it and other stuff to try to bypass um, tools that try to check for those things that are hidden in there yes yeah and it can get pretty advanced and tricky yeah the the ways that the uh, the hackers have to hide and trick and beguile and all of those, it's limitless. Uh, and it makes the uh, the defending aspect really fun because it's challenging because it's, it's frankly uh, much more um, difficult to be a defender than it is to be an attacker these days. Um, even with all of the wonderful kids that are coming out here trained that know mm-hmm. how to do security, uh, they also get to learn how difficult it is. Yes, and we're seeing this every day in companies and our own government too, right? They're, you want to lock down as much as you can to kind of protect and, and secure, but we love our freedom here. Yes, we do. Yeah, and uh, it's, yeah, the security, uh, you, you have to make a trade-off of, because mm-hmm. uh, so I joked at the start of this segment, as they said, you've got three minutes to secure the system, and my first question was, like, can we unplug it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so, the, but it's not usable at that point, which you'd yeah. lose scoring points for. So, uh, the uh, the fourth competition challenge there you have at the national finals. It's a Cisco securing challenge. And so at that point, we're securing Cisco devices, which is routers and essentially that's it. Okay. And, and so you're you're going through to secure them from the, the Russian zero-day hack on there or the Chinese zero-day hack? No, not that one. No. No, um, no we, again, we're, we'll keep it. We do our best to secure them, but it just depends on what what switch they're giving us so again some of those hacks are specific to models as well right yeah and so we don't know the model we're going to get until we walk in the door and sit down and and you have to secure it from people getting into the network device itself or to secure it in a way where 
you can protect clients on the network? Both. So we need to actually secure the devices themselves and we need to be able to filter out some of that traffic too. Yeah. So for, for your national finals competitors that are, are listening to this to learn all of your tips and tricks, um, do you have anything you, you want to share uh, that you're not afraid to give away? Um, just use your resources online is all I can really say. There's a lot of great online resources. Eli, the computer guy, CBT Nuggets, um, Test Out is one of our integral daily day-to-day uses. So Yeah. So you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and I'm joined by Juan Guerrero from uh, Business Careers High School here in San Antonio on the Holmes campus. Uh, we've uh, covered in this segment uh, the four different challenges coming up for his team at the Cyber Patriot National Final Competition in Baltimore. Um, if you wanted to hear that or uh, the uh, first half where we talk through uh, all the things that they're doing at Business Careers to create cybersecurity aware technology professionals you can go to uh, www.cybertalkradio.com and uh, look up the replay of this show it'll be available on tuesday here during spring break week so uh for those of you who wanted to listen to this or any of our other past episodes to learn uh, about what is a drop test this is one of my favorite ones as well if you see a usb key in a parking garage please don't pick it up and plug it into your computer um, just take it and and um, throw it in the garbage because uh, hackers like to put bad things on those and if you plug it into your computer without even pressing a key it can do things that you don't want to have happen inside of your network yes so we always there are plenty of horror stories online if you guys want to read those as well yeah so we've gone through and talked about uh, all the great things. If you're a parent of a seventh or an eighth grader, and this is the first time you're hearing about Business Careers High School and all the cyber and tech, uh, you uh, if you live in the North Side up there, you can go look it up on the North Side ISD website and uh, learn more about that on how to uh, have your son or daughter uh, apply to that school. If you're listening and you're an adult and you're like, man, I wish I could have done this in high school, well. Uh, Juan, I understand that there's an option to do some uh, night classes over there uh, at the campus. Um, it's actually with Open Cloud Academy. So it's here downtown and, and uh, uh, off Commerce Street and Flores area. Main oh. Street, sorry. Awesome. So it's a night class. It's free to the general public. If you guys go to opencloudacademy.com, I actually teach there some nights, so you'll get to see me. Um, it's a program aimed towards getting people their their entry-level Cisco certification, the CCNA, Certified Cisco Network Associate, or their Red Hat Certified Associate, which is a Linux entry-level certification, too. Now, don't be fooled by the word entry-level, guys. It's it's still a very intensive test. Yeah, and by entry-level, he means that after you, you have it um, and you, you've got a good set of uh, skills there, there's jobs out there uh, every day looking for folks uh, with the uh, RHCA or the CCNA. Um, and many of those jobs are starting in the $40,000 a year range. Yes, actually. So jumping back to my day job uh, teaching at Business Careers, that is actually what a lot of our students do. They'll go straight out of high school, get these jobs paying forty dollars to $50,000 a year and pay for college without any student loans, no debt. And again, for an 18-year-old making about 50 grand a year, that's you can yeah. pretty much set yourself up for life at that point. So yeah, no, it's it, it's wonderful these days, and uh, I mean, there's uh, all sorts of good things going on to to make uh, our public education here uh, better and innovative and wonderful. This is a 
as we've been doing uh, some of these education segments on Cyber Talk Radio about the workforce of the future, because we can talk all we want about cybersecurity and artificial intelligence and attacks and all these different things. But if we don't actually have people that know how to uh, perform all these cybersecurity things and we don't have the workforce of the future, none of that's going to make any difference. And uh, as we talk through all of this, I, I start to question and wonder if some of these like international standards where they, they look at like how to score high school education in America versus some of the other places. When I hear us getting kids out of school, or I mean, even an eighth grader with a security plus exam, I can't imagine that there's uh, school programs all over the world where eighth graders are getting a CompTIA security plus or high school kids are graduating with a CCNA and a Linux plus and a certified ethical hacker. I mean, that's the, the type of things that don't end up on these international aptitude standards for how education is doing. But these things really matter to uh, employers like myself and employers like all of the uh, sponsors that you have there um, at the business career school. Yeah, so you kind of you see that shift actually happening too, um, not just in the U.S. and especially here in San Antonio, but across the world, right? So there was a huge push for core classes, four years of math, science, English, social studies, right? And everyone is always talking about how China's math is way ahead. Elementary math in China is beyond high school math at this point, right? But not all of us are will be mathematicians. Not all of us will be fluent Shakespearean poets, right? So it's really it's really helpful to have these options that are still in the same level as that fluent Shakespearean poet as as that mathematician. Yeah. So if as an adult now, if I wanted to go back and get into some of these classes, I can go to OpenCloudAcademy.com and yes. and uh, sign up for those and. The enrollment, you said it's free, it's open, and then, so there's a limited number of seats? Yeah, so there's, uh, I believe it's anywhere from about 25 to 30 seats per night. We do a Monday through Thursday there. Um, it is, you have to be at least 18 years of age or older with a, at least a high school diploma or GED in order to attend. And it's for our Network Plus certification, well, the CompTIA Network Plus certification, rather. Yeah. And so, again, that is a stepping stone to the CCNA, essentially. Yeah, so come down, get your Network Plus, see uh, what's going on, and uh, see if a career in technology is the right next transition for you out there. From uh, going on into uh, college programs, so if I'm a Cyber Patriot uh, team member in high school, so if I play football in high school, I can go to college and play football in college. Can I go play Cyber Patriot in college? We're working on that. Um, it's a growing trend. We're seeing a lot more scholarships for students to do this. Hallmark, Hallmark. Uh, is a huge push here locally. They're giving all Cyber Patriot uh, participants. Seniors get stipends almost every year to attend Hallmark College. We've had students who won the state championship for Cyber Patriot in the past get full rides to that college. And again, UTSA, North Rosa Vista, A&M, San Antonio, they're all kind of jump realizing that we need this workforce. So they're trying to offer as many programs as possible for them. Yeah. And we had uh, Dr. White on from UTSA talking about a number of the things they've uh, done out there at the UTSA campus. Uh, if you wanted to learn more about that, you can look that past uh, episode up on iTunes, Pocket Casts, or our YouTube channel, or on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Um, they've got a, a whole uh, cybersecurity degree program out there in three of their different colleges um, on the university campus now. It's uh, one of the spots here in san antonio i think we're doing a great job and i want to keep getting the word out about what we've got going on here because if we can replicate this all across america the 
uh, million cybersecurity jobs that we have that are empty right now that are unfilled uh, will get filled with uh, talented people that are excited about being uh, in these careers every day. So uh, Juan, being at this now for about five years, so you mentioned some of these kids uh, going into college, getting uh, scholarships. So some of your first students coming through uh, that you've been you've taught there at the school of they where, where have they gone and, and what sort of careers have you seen them progress to? So we have students kind of pursuing a lot of careers. Cybersecurity, as much as we hear about it, it's still a huge umbrella, right? Because you can specialize in database security, network security, uh, PHP security. Like you said, WordPress obviously has so many holes in it. Yeah, there's um, uh, jobs in that WordPress security. Uh, here in San Antonio, there's a company called WP Engine mm -hmm. um, that hires folks that uh, can secure WordPress all the time. So if you're interested and excited about that one, um, take a look at those guys. They've got a, a good operation here downtown. All right. So again, we have students who work at Rackspace and they're working on their network security uh, with their, their Cisco devices. We have students working for Amazon, working on their servers there and securing essentially the AWS, Amazon Web Services Cloud. We have um, students working at Pier 1 Web Hosting, managing their Linux-based web hosting servers, HEB, Southwest Research. We have um, um, Accenture. We have students still working there as well. And so what they, we take tours of all these places. So we've taken our students to go see Rackspace, to see Pier 1 web hosting, to see the universities, too, that our students get to attend. So A&M, uh, we've had field trips out there, UTSA, UT, Texas, uh, Texas State, and San Marcos. So we get to visit all these universities and have students come back. But the real key I found is that Cyber Patriot program, right? Because it's a team sport. Everyone loves those extracurriculars. Everyone remembers doing either band or... Again, theater or football, all of those sports. So this is kind of our niche to really grab them. And so what we what usually happens is we'll get students who, when they get those free times, when they come back from break for college and they're there, they'll come and actually help mentor and stu uh, and teach our Cyber Patriot students and prepare them for the following years. Yeah, that was uh, I I wrestled back in the, the high school days and uh, our, we had a very successful wrestling program and we had the uh, kids, especially over spring break. I used to to get my arm twisted behind my back because all of the folks that went on to wrestle in college would come back, and I'll bet yeah some of your students could come back and be the red team and uh, make it a very difficult training challenge there for your uh, high school folks oh, yes. on the to try to blue team that with their industry experience now. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because we also have to uh, teach a lot of ethics and responsibility too because a lot of what we're teaching these students is really high level items that they could use maliciously in the future if they wanted to so there's a huge portion about that in all of our classes really again stress and emphasize the the whole um spider-man theory right yes. great power comes great responsibility for sure yeah and and uh, with this yeah the computer skills um i think it's always eye-opening for folks um to really realize uh how um frankly, sadly, easy it is to potentially break into systems. You think in the, the real world now, most businesses have alarms, they have security cameras, they have all this mm -hmm. stuff. Um, much of the internet infrastructure out there, especially small business internet infrastructure, doesn't have the digital equivalent of a camera. It's what we would call an intrusion detection system. Mm -hmm. Most small businesses don't have one of those. Most small businesses don't have an alarm. They don't have any alerting of a hacker tried to log into my machine a thousand times to, to crack a password that things that they have to protect their physical assets do not protect their digital assets these days so for those kids learning all of these things and realizing man that's wide open and uh, you you have yeah ethics is a, a critical important factor 
there um, because they could use those skills for mischief. So, yes, it's what's actually, again, as you said, what's really scary is it doesn't take a lot of know-how to do it, right? Some of these entry-level knowledges that we use, just concept knowledge alone is enough for these students to jump in. Um, I remember one day I forgot to turn Wi-Fi off on my phone. And again, everyone thinks, oh, it's Wi-Fi. Don't worry about it. We have all those memes. Home is where the Wi-Fi connects automatically, right? And um, there's a student. He's walking in. He's got a Pringles can on a stick. And then there's a wire plugged into his laptop. And he comes in and he says, who is? And he, he says my home Wi-Fi network name. And I'm just thinking, dang, man, I forgot to turn off my Wi-Fi. He's over here basically figuring out my Wi-Fi network, and again, maliciously, if he wanted to, he could have connected, and I never would have known, and he could have intercepted all types of data straight from my phone. Yeah. High school student, right? So. Yeah, that's all it takes. And, I mean, some of your high school kids are, are advanced for sure, um, but the professional hackers out there have access to Pringles cans and much more. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, there's a good tip there to uh, close this episode of Cyber Talk Radio out with. Um, unless you need to have Wi-Fi on, turn it off on your phone, or if you do have it on, um, use a secure VPN service or something else to uh, keep yourself safe out there when you're uh, roaming around on Wi-Fi networks that you're not really sure is yours. So I'd like to thank Juan for joining us this week, talking about his Cyber Patriot team that's getting ready for nationals. Uh, you can uh, track and follow along there through uh, April and see if we can have a national champion team here from San Antonio, Texas. If you wanted to learn more about Business Careers High School, it is at www.nisd.net forward slash business careers. Uh, you can also probably go into Google or Bing or your favorite search engine and type in NISD Business Careers High School and uh, be able to look that up there. 